It was a vote by moving van year, as we've been yeah. saying. 5.3% uh, of San Francisco left. 200,000 people left New York City. Rents dropped 24% in San Francisco, 14% in New York, and 6% in Chicago. Sounds like a bloodbath. This is Durable Value. Get investing and business insights from industry experts and successful entrepreneurs every week. Like and subscribe now. Well, this last year or 18 months has been quite a roller coaster ride. Truly. We have seen seismic shifts in how we do business, how we live, and that's had some pretty big effects on the urban environment. It was a vote by moving van year, as we've been yeah. saying. 5.3% uh, of San Francisco left, 200,000 people left New York City, rents dropped 24% in San Francisco, 14% in New York, and 6% in Chicago. Sounds like a bloodbath. <laughs> in San Francisco, at the bottom, 70% of office space was vacant. Not vacant, but just not occupied. It was yeah. rented, but not occupied. And currently it's starting to trend past 50%, but it's largely yeah. empty. And then, especially during the peak of the pandemic, if, we've, if you visited those urban environments, you saw boarded up businesses, you saw closed retail, closed yeah. restaurants. It was a very challenging, challenging year for the urban environment. And I think the, the movement, the movement out of the urban environment came from two different groups. There was the, hey, I'm taking a break. I'm taking a sabbatical. The office has said I don't need to be in. And so I'm going to go travel and work mm -hmm. remotely, or I'm going to get an Airbnb somewhere and work remotely with no real intention of permanently leaving the city. And then there was this other group that really this was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, the nail in the coffin, so to speak. Yeah. They, they were already questioning whether that quality of life that they had was right for them. Mm -hmm. And they use that as an opportunity to reflect internally and say, no, I, I'm ready to make a, a different choice. And those were the ones that moved out into suburban or secondary markets. And they, they chose a quality of life and affordability, the ability to have a house. Very sticky kind of a move. Well, this last week, the Los Angeles Times pointed to a new uh, UC study, I forget which UC it was, but they pointed out that the death of California was, uh, was, was, was not the case. In fact, most people moved within an hour or an hour and a half of the uh, urban centers. They wanted to be near their jobs uh, because they thought they'd be reporting in, you know, at least a few days a week. Yeah. And a New York Times article reported that there is more in-migration within California than there was out-migration out of California. So yeah. this is really a story about people shifting where, where they choose to live, many of them permanently, but also some of them temporarily. Yeah. And, and if you get into the psychology of it, what were we going through last year? We focused on family. We focused on our personal space. We focused on safety, security. There was a lot of uncertainty in what was going on. And, and so it was almost like a internal and maybe even a defensive posture yeah. that that most of the world took. Right. And there's, how has that changed? There's a Financial Times article on men adopting beards. Uh, you, like all over the place, men grew beards. And an anthropologist there pointed out that this is like a, a, a sense of uh, distress or going through a permanent sort of change. Men signaled that 
Like things were different. I, I think that they experienced a, a, a distress and a retrenching, and they, I don't know. But back the beards cave, back, flourished. Back to caveman days. No. Back to, I, apparently, <laughs> it, it probably runs runs really deep. Well, and then and then what happened as a response or a reaction? Because it's all all much of life is about that pendulum swing one direction and then back. We saw already in 2021 as things started to get back to some sense of normalcy, people were turning in droves to restaurants, social environments, parks experiential retail, anywhere they could go because they were trying to get what? Human connection. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, humans are social creatures and, and we can only handle so much lockdown. Right. And so that kind of turns us back to the cities. Where, where, where are urban environments going today? Uh, one of the... Before you leave, yeah. I want to... Let's touch base on that idea of meaning making. And like on the one sense, people left... Uh, to go make meaning. They wanted to take some chips off the table. They wanted to move to the suburbs. They wanted a yard. They were focused on schools. They wanted drivability, livability, affordability. Mm -hmm. But when they left, they also left uh, opportunity, dense social networks, uh, other ways, a, a deep community, live social events, a tight urban environment so that uh, some meaning was being made in the suburbs, but others said, well, now's my chance to make meaning uh, in the cities, and that sense of community drove drove them there, and opportunity. And then you add to it sometimes, like in San Francisco, a twenty four percent drop in rental rates. Yeah, all of a sudden, affordability maybe, went maybe back that way. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit more affordable to be in the city. Right. And so, so who are those people making that move? Because obviously, the the ones that made the move out to the whether it be secondary markets or suburban or whatever the case may be, pretty sticky moves. I mean, they, they bought a home. They, Their kids are in school. They had decided that this is the chance for me to have my home, have my space, whatever the case may be. Probably very few of those people are returning to the city. Well, in a Pew Research study pointed out that uh, four out of 10 that live in cities are from there and uh, about half of the people in more rural and suburban areas are from there. And I think there's a little bit of a rebound too. And California has 40, 41 million people and people move to the different parts. But at a time when there was a shift, uh, they rebounded to place they had familial ties and where they were comfortable. Back mm -hmm. to meaning making, that's probably uh, memories they wanted to make for their families and for their kids and the life they wanted to establish. Yeah, I mean, even here in, in Modesto, we have seen people return to their roots a yeah. lot of times. People that were from the area, moved out of the area, and all of a sudden that sense of uh, family, closeness, that's what they were striving for. And, you know, they made a fairly permanent move back to their roots. Right. But the city... The city, the city urban calls. environment, the city calls. It's, take San Francisco. It, there, there is so much um, opportunity. There is so much culture, so much community, so, so such a dense environment that people are already being drawn back. Uh, we, we've seen uh, in using real-time data, uh, apartment rents dropped, and they're already starting to rebound. And we're only you know, 12, 18 months out of the pandemic. What does that say? Demand is picking back up. If you're going to talk about the rebirth of the city, the first question we have to ask is, did it die? Yeah. 
And to argue the data a different way, uh, uh, only 5% of San Francisco left. That means 95% is still there. Only 1.2% of New York City left. 98% still there. 94% of Chicago is still there. So yeah. a portion left, but a Vast most majority. of the city stayed. Yeah. So the rebirth might uh, be a dr dramatic language and the death yeah. might be dramatic language. In yeah. reality, it may be that there's some pruning. There yeah. might be um, some fresh opportunity. Yeah. And take office space for, a, for an, uh, an instant. San Francisco is probably the poster child of questions about where office space is going. Yeah. And yet we already see some large companies requiring their employees back in the in the office environment some of the even the tech companies because they recognize the importance of that environment now san francisco probably in the office market will see the slowest recovery uh, because there it's a tech-based economy and mm -hmm. a tech-based economy is going to be the most inclined to hybrid to uh, work from home type environments that being said what does that do? That creates new uh, inventory or new space. And then the, the, house, the drop in housing price creates new mm -hmm. inventory or new space for people to, to come. So you've, you've created a new opportunity for, for new entrance into the market space. Yeah. It's not surprising that San Francisco, being a tech leader, would lead the way in hybrid work. Yeah. And in many ways, I think San Francisco will be a winner in this because it will create... A, the ability to source talent from all over the world, uh, still in still still in Silicon Valley, still in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I think this is a, a helpful reshuffling for America in, in many ways. Five percent of San Francisco moved. Where did they move? They moved to the suburbs. They moved some to other states. But what mm -hmm. did they take with them? Talent, network, education, and where did they bring it? They brought mm -hmm. it to the East Bay. They brought it to Idaho. They brought it to Texas. They, they brought those networks and talent and sowed those seeds in, in those spots and not only uh, enlivened the suburbs, but also created opportunities in the, in the core markets for newer entrants who maybe aren't as talented to come in and be mentored to yeah. learn those skills, to enter those networks. They're willing to endure the, the barriers to entry, the higher cost of living, the denser, the denser place to live in order to experience that mentorship and networking. So... I think on the whole, the restructuring, the, the reshuffling here uh, helps restructure the talent base across the United States. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, what are, what are some key takeaways or opportunities that we see going forward in the urban environment and the, the broader United States? Yeah, I, 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 I think apartments will be different. I think that uh, with new apartment construction, there will be much more thought given to uh, an office environment in the apartment, yeah. uh, maybe multi-generational housing within the, the apartment, also an amenity of co-working space or conference room or a, some shared environment where you can temporarily leave the apartment space uh, and go do some work and, yeah. and maintain more things. It's like the uh, the the burden of weight left the office a little bit and moved into the home a little bit. Yeah, neither went away, but there was a, a a change there. And now there's it'll probably land somewhere in the middle where the the work environment for some for probably most will go back to being full time in the office, but for some it will evolve into either full work from home or 
going in the office a few days a week working somewhere else. And if you're in a apartment environment, the working somewhere else is a cafe or a coffee shop or for the apartment owners that are you know, more forward thinking, creating space within the within the apartment that's an amenity yeah. for people to, to co-work. I think of our own business, 32 people, but now we have some that work within an hour, an hour and a half away, and we've sort of adjusted to sometimes you know, they'll be here about half the time, but yeah. uh, but the work product has still been yeah. outstanding. I think two years ago, we would, would not have considered that. <laughs> yeah. And I think another change that we're seeing is entrepreneurship. Yeah. There's been a, a larger number of new business licenses applied for in the United States than ever recorded. So what happened? People were home. They were thinking kind of existentially about where am I going? What am I doing? Right. And and now they had time to hatch their plan, you know? Some people pursued more time with their families during this time, and some people decided their best uh, goal was to start a business. And during their free time, they, they worked on that. So it was a great time to start a consulting business or start something new, especially as new yeah. uh, entrants were coming into communities with new talent and networks. Mm-hmm. So we, maybe we can talk a little bit about winners and losers. So during this time, people initially, the movement out was, to, uh, was opting for quality of life change. Yeah. So these are people that decided wherever I'm moving, secondary market, suburban environment, whatever, for me, that's a better quality of life choice. Yeah. And now we've, that creates space for people, as we're already seeing with rental rates going back up, people re-entering into the urban environment. I think one of the more challenging things to talk about is that there are losers in this equation. And if, if there's a city or a community that is perceived to have a low quality of life, those are the ones that people didn't opt to move to. And arguably, people are moving out of into the urban environment to get that opportunity and that community that they're, that they're looking for. Yeah. So it is, it is a, a story of quality of life being a driver of decision-making and demographic changes. Right. I think the suburbs were winners and the cities were winners in that uh, companies based in the city have better access to people living in the suburbs and people in the suburbs have better access to that quality of life plus the, uh, the, the network and the connection to the companies in the city. And then some maybe more aggressive in, entrants or maybe some that uh, are, are newer in their careers are able to enter the city and add fresh life, be closer to their companies, seek to grow their careers more aggressively. Uh, yeah. Many, many people won. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the other thing is you could almost look at it as though takes New York, for instance, the geographic influence of New York expanded. Right. Because now with hybrid work, which again will be a portion of the work segment, but with hybrid work, it, it took that ring instead of, I need to do that commute every single day. Okay. I'm going in two days a week. Maybe I don't mind a two and a half hour drive if I'm doing it two days a week instead mm-hmm. of five days a week. So it, it also expanded the ring of influence of the urban markets. Yeah. So who are the losers? It's uh, a good question. One, I would say uh, in the office environment is uh, office environments that don't embrace hybrid work. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that works on both ends of the spectrum. The, the ones that remain rigid about you report to work every day and that's our only mode of operation, yeah. certainly. But then on the other extreme, there are businesses and particularly some tech companies that have said, hey, you never need to come in again. And you lose something there. Mm-hmm. You lo- you, in both situations, you lose potential talent and you also lose in in the situation of always work remote. There, you know, the the benefits of the office environment are lost. So, so those that can navigate the the new hybrid environment uh, are will be the winners. I think on on retail, we can talk about retail a little bit. Experiential retail is the winner. They they were the loser when it uh, during COVID because during lockdown the la- we all wanted maybe. And actually, many of us didn't want to, to be in that you know dense uh, environment, but uh, it, it was it was locked down. Restaurants yeah. closed. A lot of that experiential retail closed. But that is the sector that has returned in droves. the 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 biggest constraint right now is labor. Yeah, I was at an outdoor mall last week in the Bay Area and. There's an amazing large water feature with about an inch of water and kids playing in it. And it was it was amazing. People are clustered all around it, drinking coffee. And uh, experiential retail is is back as the community gathering place, the sense mm-hmm. of place and self and family and community. And I think the thing we're taking away from this is in, in death, and death is a strong word, there is rebirth, more of a pruning. Mm-hmm. But in that pruning, there's room for fresh life. And to those that are flexible and open to change now is an outstanding time to be in business and to be there. Those will be the winners. And those who were rigid and inflexible, those who had low culture workplaces, those that uh, weren't investing in employee health and happiness, those cities that weren't investing in quality of life and opportunity, those are, those are the losers. And these are themes that have been true for a long time, but they're uh, especially true under the magnifying glass of this last year. Thank you for listening to Durable Value, an investor's podcast, where we demystify commercial real estate with safe, sound investment strategies to help you balance your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more, visit crusadapartners.com, where you'll find more information, investor's tools, case studies, and more. This podcast is hosted by Joe Miratori and Ryan Suela. It's produced, edited, and mixed by Melodic, with intro music by Ian Post. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.